Welcome to Library Life. This is the podcast where we talk about all things library. And some things not. Cue jingle. This is episode one of our brand new podcast, centered all around libraries. My name is Jenna. And I'm Shana. And we're two sisters who work in the public library system. We wanted to start this podcast to talk about some of our experiences working at public libraries. We spent a lot of time debriefing with each other and we thought... co-workers. And co-workers for sure. (laughs) And we thought, why not share this with everybody? I think it's super interesting to hear what goes on behind the scenes and to talk about some issues. Whether or not you work in the library or you're just an avid library user, uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Yeah. It's an interesting space to work in a library. It's a business, but not... Um, it's filled with lots of different people and interesting things happen and we wanted to talk about it. Thought we would be best off to start by talking a little bit about how we got into libraries and, and who we are. So I'm the younger sister and I started working in libraries when I was in high school. I did the classic thing. I started as a, as a shelver or I, it was called a page when I started. For reference, I'm 23 years old. So I've been in libraries for just a little over seven years now. I am obviously the older sister. I also started in the library system when I was in high school. I started as a student shelver, and this is my 10th year. 10 years, wow. Yeah, 10 years in November for me for working in the library. Yeah, and did you work at the same library through all those 10 years? Yeah, so I um, I have worked in the same library, but I have worked my way up so I'm no longer a student shelver. Woo! No longer having student jobs. (laughs) We started in a really similar position and I work in a different library system and then I in I was two years into my degree when I was hired on to work a part-time position in information services and local history which has been super interesting for me. I do that for 12 hours a week and I really really enjoy it. So I split my time between working on the reference desk. So anytime people have questions about where to find things or research or anything like that, I help them find that information. And then I spend most of my time working in the local history department of the library, which is like an archives where I uh, do a lot of digitizing of material. And I also do a lot of reference in there as well. I have a much more different position. different different position <laughs> than you do my current position is i am a library assistant full-time oh i'm a library assistant too <laughs> but yeah. like there's so many different divisions of a library system. yeah um yeah so i'm full-time library assistant in children's and teen services i started in the circulation department as a shelver and i um, about four years ago i guess i got an on-call position was it um, four years? I think so. Three years, maybe? I don't know. Um, as an on-call library assistant for all of our community libraries, which meant that I worked the circulation desk and I uh, at our central branch and also at our community libraries as well. I just went where I was needed. And then about a year ago, I got a library assistant part-time position in the children's and teen services. And I also did on-call programming for a little while. And then um, as of... I guess three months ago, I got my full-time position in Children's and Teen Services. She's living the full-time dream. The <laughs> full-time millennial dream. <laughs> yeah, so that's my 10 years in the... That's your story boiled down to like 30 seconds. Yep. Well, 
it's interesting because we both said that we're library assistants. And I think a lot of people just assume if you work in the library, you're a you're librarian. librarian. We're not real librarians. No, we don't. Don't trust us. <laughs> we don't have master's degrees in libraries yeah, and information so, services. So to be considered a librarian, you would do your undergrad in whatever field you'd want to do. Lots of people do stuff in the humanities, so like English, history, those types of things. And then you go on to grad school to do the Master's of Information and Library Science program. Mm-hmm. Uh, U of T offers it. Uh, Western. 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 I've heard lots of good things coming out of Western lately. Um, I so think you can do it online at University of Alberta. Yeah, I've heard people doing that too. So uh, so we didn't do that. <laughs> no. So I did a regular undergrad degree. I graduated last year. So I have a double degree in English and Medieval Studies. And I have a minor in history, if anyone even cares about minors. It's not on the, I don't think it's on the degree. Maybe it is. I don't know. But most people don't care. I'm going through to do my library technician diploma. And yeah, I'm doing it online. So I am working and going to school. The online diploma is like the college course. Yeah. And then, the, so that's a whole other brand of library assistant. The library technicians is what you might hear them called. I'm sure that's clear as mud to all you non-library people out there. <laughs> um, but if you have questions, you should Google it because it's not that complicated. Yeah. And we'll try our best to explain library terms and library positions yeah. in ways that are easier to understand. Yeah, we've been in the system so long that it's like, oh, you don't know what you know facing books means or yeah. <laughs> shifting or anything like that. So we'll we'll explain and you should leave us a comment. If you don't understand something. Yeah. Because we're happy to explain. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on just library lingo. Yeah. Yeah, Add that to the document. (laughs) (laughs) The whole point of the podcast is to talk about library life, but we're also going to kind of expand and talk about books in general and literacy. Yeah. Try and talk about like hot topic issues in the library world. And yeah, yeah. we just want to kind of start a conversation online about it. And I said to Shana, we were driving home. We live together. We're roommates. So I said to her, we were driving to the apartment one day. I said, let's start a podcast. And uh, we can talk about this and share mm-hmm. these conversations we have yeah. on the couch with everybody. We're having like another conversation on the couch right now. Just with the <laughs> podcasting mic. Because we're professional. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just so interesting like to could you get into these conversations at work with coworkers about um oh, did this happen today or hey, did you read this article or did you hear about this cool new thing that this public library system is trying to do and thought we'd uh Share it with the world, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Reading break. Hi, right, this is the middle of the podcast where we're going to talk about the books that we are reading right now and why we like them, or don't, or don't like them. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. So right now, I am reading a book called *The Fall of Angels* by Barbara Cleverly, and it's the first book in a mystery series starring starring because it's a tv show (laughs) it might be so good that you can see it in your mind Um, the main character's name is john redfire and he is a detective inspector with the cambridge police department over in europe and it's set in the 20s so he is like a war veteran that's come back and he is he grew up in the like intellectual like not noble people, but like intelligent people. And yeah, he just solves crimes. And this book is So is set. he like a private detective? No, he's part of the police department. Oh, did you say that already? When yes, I didn't hear. Did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. 
Um, yeah, he basically, this book is set around Christmas. Oh, I love Christmas books. I know. But did you start reading it before Christmas? After Christmas. Well, I guess Christmas is a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the book opens where he's at, like, a Christmas musical festival. Okay. That he gets roped into going by his aunt. So he doesn't really want to go, but his aunt's like, hey, I have these Does tickets. Is he, like, super suave and cool? Yes. Okay, I kind of like that. <laughs> I'm just reading off of the summary that I found online. Yeah, so basically one of the performers gets pushed down the stairs and he has to go about solving why that happened. Well, Um, that's a mystery. I know, it's a mystery, right? That's the mystery. Um, He's trying to figure out, like, was it intentional or was it just like uh, she just missed her step? Well, of course she didn't just miss her step because (laughs) why would the book exist? (laughs) But it's like it's kind of got some interesting overtures because this is in the 20s and like the festival he's at is... It's, it's interesting. It's like an organ player and a trumpeter. Oh, interesting. And the trumpeter is a woman. Okay. And at first... So is that like part of the story? Mm-hmm. So he talks about how he like, he opens up the program and he sees that it's a woman and he's a little like, what? Oh, so he's a chauvinist. <laughs> no, but he's kind of like, ooh, I wonder how everyone else is feeling in the oh. room because it's like all the hoity-toity people yeah. and he's just like, well, no one's getting up and leaving, so <laughs> they must have known about this. And he's like, and you find out that... Which I find a little... Yeah, I've never heard anyone say the organ is their favorite instrument. But <laughs> it's his favorite. So he's a little concerned about how the trumpeter will... We'll play with it. We'll play with it. And I guess I've ever heard a trumpet in an organ. I know. Well, maybe so, I have. Maybe like in church or something when Joe plays a trumpet yeah, and they're yeah, playing yeah. an organ. I don't know. But not like as an intentional duo. Yeah. So he talks about how like odd that is. And, um, but he ends up really liking it. And I guess the trumpet player is like, <laughs> I love how this is like what you picked up from the book. I only like, like the first quarter of the way through it. Okay. This is what happens. And then you get some backstory from him. Like he was a veteran in World War One, and he was a sniper. And now he's come back and he, there's a little bit of like forensic science that's mixed in. Is it kind of like Murdoch Mysteries? Have you watched that? Yeah, a little bit. You know how he's like, does all this like forensic stuff, even though it doesn't technically exist yet? Yeah, so it, he has this thing that his um, sergeant and the other police detectives call his murder bag. So it's this like black bag that he carries with him and he like wears gloves and he like. Oh, so he's like, yeah. Yeah, so it's like at the forefront and everyone's like, what are you doing? That like, sounds very Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, yeah, So he's just trying to figure it out and then like there's a person that shows up from his past that oh. is that, it a woman yes the love interest <laughs> i'm not quite sure yet but he well, talks obviously, about probably yeah so he so he talks about how um he gets some flashbacks to his childhood about um like growing up with this family that they used to go and visit and um they were like hooligans <laughs> Hooligans. And he i was a little unsure but i think he thinks that cuz they all have these like really odd like Saxon names. Okay. So, like, I'm listening to this book, by the way. I'm not reading oh, it. Oh, you're listening to an audiobook. Yeah. So, the Audio narrator... Book? Yeah. So, through um, Kobo. Um, so, the narrator, the girl's name is Earwig. Ew. That which just I sounds was, like, nasty. I don't even know if that's just the way the narrator is, like, describing what it. What other name? How could you say Earwig any different way? He talks about how he thought growing up that she was a boy because she had, like, a boy's haircut and for her brother's, like, hand-me-downs. Okay. So this um, is gonna, like, have some interesting, like, gender roles type thing in this book. Yeah, yeah. So she's, like, very much a woman now, like, um, okay. but yeah, so there's some interesting overtures about that and, like, there's some, like, sparks fly and, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it. I will... So what drew you to it originally? 
both of us quite enjoyed the Sebastian St. Cyr oh, yeah. series that with C.S. Harris. so underrated, that series. So good. Go to your public library and look up Sebastian St. Cyr series. St. Cyr is spelled like Saint and then C-Y-R. Yeah, C-Y-R. And it's by C.S. Harris. C.S. Harris. I really think, good. Like, if you like a historical yeah, yeah, yeah. mystery. The first one is, what is it? Uh, what Angels Fear? I think or, that might be it. What Angels Fear. Um, yeah, so it's basically like... Had Ask all... a friendly librarian yes, to go help to the... you find it. <laughs> go to the reference desk at your library and request it. Um, so I think I was just like, oh, I read the last one in that, or the newest one in that series. I gotta catch up on that. I'm behind. And I was like, oh, I want to read other books like this. So I just Googled good okay (laughs) like historical mysteries like this one and this was on the list well the thing that was so great about those c.s harris books is that they were like pretty accurate and i remember reading the author's note in the back Mm -hmm. which i like never do but sometimes i feel like it and it's so like you learn so much well and she said and she went through and said i changed this detail because of this and i changed this because of this and like i acknowledge this event actually happened on this this date date, but for this use of the story i moved it a couple days ahead and i was like i appreciate that yeah like i didn't notice because i didn't know the time period that well but i really appreciated that yeah and she'll be like oh this character actually existed in real life no i have given him some extra yeah things but that sounds like a good book i guess i'm enjoying it so far so to change courses completely (laughs) i'm actually reading a memoir and it's called whenever you're ready Nora Poli on life as a Stratford Festival stage manager. And it's written by Sean D'Souza Kaleo. I think that's how you say his last name. And I found this book on the new book cart at work, the library. I was like, oh, Stratford. Mm-hmm. We live pretty close to Stratford uh, yep. Festival. And been to a few shows over the last few years. And I've really enjoyed it. And it's kind of like a local pride type thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought, I saw this book pop up, I thought, oh, that'd be so interesting to kind of hear behind the scenes. And who doesn't love a, like, reveal all, yeah, tell all type yeah. um, <laughs> book like that? And I thought, oh, that sounds good. So I picked it up, and so far so good. I just started it, because I just finished reading one of the Artemis Fowl books. I finished it last night. <laughs> I couldn't sleep, so I finished that book off. I read that series ages ago when I was a kid, when it first came out. And then I noticed they're making a movie of it this summer, so I'm reading the series again. So I just finished reading The Opal Deception, and those books are, books are actually pretty good for for children's books that were written, you know, in the early thousands. But anyways, back to what I'm actually reading. <laughs> so I just picked this up after I finished The Artemis Fowl one, and so far it's really good. It's very narrative. Like, it's one of those memoirs that is sold in first person, and there's oh, dialogue nice. in it. And um, so far, so good. So I think I'm a little bit confused at what Nora Poli's role was in it. Because it's set from her point of view, and the eye is like Nora. Yeah. But it's written by the Sean guy. So I don't know if she, like, told him what to write, and he if just he kind just of put it together. Or she wrote some of it. But she isn't listed as an author, so I assume he did all, like, the narrative work. Um, but I, I don't know. I'd be super curious. I should look into it some more. But so far, it's good. The pro is that times is a little like, whoa. <laughs> like, because I tend to, like, I tend to, like, super slick, cut down pros. Oh, yes. Like, <laughs> nothing too flowery for yeah, you. <laughs> I have, like, a pretty low threshold for purple pros. Mm-hmm. 
So probably everyone else will think it's fine. But I've just noticed a few sentences here and there. But the content is really interesting. Like, because so far her dad was, like, high up and managing it. Like, mm. I don't know if he was a production manager or what exactly his role was. But she talks about how she would visit him at work in, like, the 50s and 60s. Oh, cool. And she would get to go kind of behind the scenes and, like, meet the different actors. And how she would get to be, like, in some of the children's roles. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah. She's particularly in the plays. Yeah. So it's really interesting. And it's just, like, the local connection makes it kind of a fun read. And I know that this is one of those books I can talk up with customers at work. Oh, yeah. When you're, like, in the library system and you're doing what they call reader's advisory, mm-hmm. which is when people come and ask you, what should I read next? Yep. You want to know, like, all these books that have kind of the local interest that are, like, actually good books. Because mm-hmm. those are things people are going to want to read. Even when I picked it up at work, I grabbed it from the new book card, and then I quickly signed it out to myself and wrote my name on it. And another colleague of mine came by and was like, hey, look at this. And I'm like, hands off. I already, <laughs> signed, I already signed that out. You gotta wait. You don't see my name on it. <laughs> so yeah, I think it'll be a good thing to have. And so far, it's super interesting. So I'm looking forward to getting a little bit more into it. And like the way she's doing the time timeline is super interesting too, because so the first one was like set... Like, because they're not vignettes, but they're, like, each little chapter scene, I guess, has a year on it. So, I think the first year might have been 1969, and when she's kind of, like, mm-hmm. a young adult yeah. or in university or something. And then it goes back to her childhood. So, I'm kind of interested to see how she does the time jumps. Oh, okay. So, it's not linear at all. Yeah. Like, it kind of is linear. Like, I feel like the story feels like it's, I'm getting the different beats of the story in the right order. Um mm-hmm. But it's also jumping around. So it feels like it's, it's done intentionally and it's done well. It reminds me a lot of, I read Alan Cummings' book last year or the year before for a class. His memoir, Not My Father's Son. And he does kind of a similar thing where he goes between childhood and adulthood. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of interested to see if that's what they end up doing with it. But I've been into memoirs lately. Especially like memoirs that are really, to read really narratively like this Yeah, one. yeah. So... That's what we've been up to. That's what we've been reading. Back to our regular... Back to the regular program. (laughs) For the final portion of the podcast, we want to get a bit deeper into why we chose the library. So we're going to kind of pose this in two questions. The first of this is why is the public library important? This seems like a super basic question, but the amount you get in every interview. Yeah. Ever. Every job interview. Yeah. But the amount of people don't think the library is important and who think that it's outdated, it's yeah, thing that, of the past. And it's wasting the city's money. It's kind of baffling how many people really believe that. So we want to get into it about why we personally think it's important. Yeah. Well, the library is really the only building that anyone can come into where you don't have to buy anything to stay. We mm-hmm. can just be there all day. We won't kick you out as long as you're behaving. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, if you're not causing trouble, we won't kick you out. <laughs> and you can, like, find information on, like, anything you can think of. And it doesn't matter if you are, like, a CEO or if you are a homeless youth. Yeah. Like, there is something for everyone. It's a space where, like, anyone can come and meet with their friends. They can, you know, find a quiet space in the library mm-hmm. to do some homework or to do work. I think it's the only place that you can find knowledge on. Yeah, and, like, the place that's, like, not trying to sell you anything. Yeah. And not trying to, like, 
sell you any ideal either. Oh, yes. So it's like, have this knowledge, but sometimes there's other organizations that will give you the knowledge, but it'll be kind of the knowledge with the slant of whatever their ideals are. Yeah. We try not to have biases when yeah, we're giving. Yeah, exactly. When we're giving information, it's more like, here is the... Here's the information. Here's There's the no, facts. No strings attached. Yes. This is our job is to literally provide information, information for you. And without any judgment. Yeah. And that's a huge thing without judgment. Can I tell a little funny story? Sure. <laughs> so Valentine's Day just was just back about a, almost a month ago. And I worked an hour or two at the circulation desk. And this older gentleman who was probably in probably middle aged. And he came up with his holds. He had three holds. And the first thing he says to me is, don't read the title of the book on top. <laughs> and of course, you're like, and of course, I gotta read it. <laughs> of course, you gotta read it, right? And it was, it was, um, The Good Girl's Guide to Bad Girl Sex. Oh. And I was like, good story. Oh. And he's just like, he was so embarrassed. And he's like, um, it's my wife put it on hold. We've been <laughs> married for 15 years. We're going to like Toronto to. Spend a couple of nights. And you were just like TMI, TMI. I was like, oh, don't worry, sir. Like, I don't judge. And um, like, it's fine. Like, that's not the worst that I've seen or heard. And I'm like, you're totally cool. Here's your books, you know. And then he came back like a couple minutes later. And he's like, you know what? Thank you so much for not judging. And the library is great. You guys are doing a good job. On the topic, I was talking to someone who not doesn't work in the public libraries, but just someone I, I met. And they were saying that they were really embarrassed because their husband was a teacher. And I guess it's not even anything to be embarrassed about, but they were getting out a book on like mixing drinks or mixing cocktails or something. Mm. And this is a small, I guess this was a small kind of small town library, which nothing against small town libraries. I think they're awesome. So the person who was checking out the books knew them Mm. and knew he was a teacher and was like, made some joke about him like getting drunk on the weekend and which is like, whatever, funny joke. But she said, like, I was really embarrassed because she said that loudly. And, you know, my husband's a teacher and he's respected in our community. So I just think it's interesting, like, that you were saying about people who are checking out their stuff. Like, who am I to judge, basically? And also, I just, like... I don't care. I don't care. What people read. (laughs) I know. I just think it's like, oh, it's awesome you're using the library. You're taking books out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also think, too, I'm like, why didn't you just use the self-checkout? I know, right? (laughs) Well, it's also one of those things that, like, for, like, a... Human, a human interaction. interaction. I think I totally, you're right though. Like, that is the freedom of it, is that no one's going to be like, well, why are you taking this out? Mm-hmm. Or even like that's a, like a silly example, but stuff that's more like, like yeah. if you're maybe looking at a type of religion or philosophy yeah. or something that isn't. Or if you've just been diagnosed with a disease. Or yeah, I get a lot of that. We get a lot of that and you're embarrassed about it or you like maybe you just found out and we get a lot of people coming in that just want general information. Yeah. That they like were too scared or didn't know how to ask their doctor. Well, like I had one time a customer young, like probably, you know, her, her mid 20s, who pulled me aside very, very quietly just said, I've just been diagnosed with cancer and I don't like really want people to know, mm-hmm. but I need information on it. Yeah. So you're like kind of you're holding parts of people's lives yes. when you're dealing with these interactions and you might never see them again. Yep. But yeah. it's just like, yeah, no problem. And of course, I my I was like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear like, that. How, how, yeah, like, how do what you do you say to that, to that without, how without do you making res- them feel worse? Yeah, or, or like, without making a big deal about it. Yeah, it's like okay, this is your life. Let's let's see what we can do to help you here at the library. Yeah, 
But it's also like a fine line because like oftentimes I like to say that we're like doctors and lawyers, it's like yeah. high stress, <laughs> but we're not. None of us are educated in that way. Yeah. So it's always hard to be like, I have to say to customers, this is what the information that I have found for you. I am in no way a professional. Like you need to like please speak to like your doctor or psychiatrist yeah. or whatever. Well, and I think part of what's important about the library is that you know how to direct people to other resources yes. in the community. Because yeah. a lot of times it's like, if you're, you know, working in customer service at a store or something, you're not going to be like, oh, you know, I'm working at Best Buy and the Staples actually has a better <laughs> deal. Yeah. Like, you don't do that. No, no, no. But in the library, that's like a lot of what you do is you just know how to direct people. So you might yeah. say to me, oh, I need... I'm looking for an apartment, but I'm like on Ontario Works. I only have 400 bucks a month or whatever mm-hmm. it is to pay rent. Do you know where I can find something? So then I can turn around and say, oh, here's the resources in the community. Yes. Um, so it's like pointing to other yeah, things yeah, yeah. too. So just like that open access to knowledge, I think, is really at the core. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of what and like the safe do. space. And I mean, like, obviously, we're still people. Yeah. And, like, there's judgment. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I might, like, my face and my, like, body language and my tone of voice may not be judgy, but... (laughs) Inside, you're, like... Inside. The interesting thing about working in a setting like this is that it challenges... It's definitely challenged me to, like, go deeper and to be more accepting and... Yes. More compassionate, more... Oh, yeah. More, like, open-minded. Because you're being challenged with people who are living different lifestyles yes. than you are and people who have different circumstances, you're always being challenged to like, okay, how do I like withhold judgment and how do I like really see this person as a person and not just as the homeless person or not just as, you know, the annoying teenager yeah, or anything like that. For sure. And it's like, yeah, it's all about um, just being like, okay, take yourself out of the situation because it's not about you. Yeah. Just like learning how to do that and just be like, okay, you need information on this. I'm going to do my best. Here's a book. Here's this article I found. Here's this, Here's a phone number to someone you can call. Yeah. Being able to deliver that in a professional way, yeah. but also delivering it with like a dose of compassion yes. and kindness, but maintaining that professionalism. I oh, think yeah. Sometimes I work on the desk with people, librarians, library assistants, whoever, who have been doing the job for like 25 years, 30 yeah. years. And sometimes you just see the way they can finesse a situation like that. And you're like, oh my goodness, I have so much to learn. Because oh, they yeah. like can just say the right thing and just the right tone of voice and really just communicate all of those things, like the knowledge and the compassion, yeah. and do it in such a way that builds the community up. Yes. It's just so impressive. You can't give and give and give and give and give until you can't give anymore. Like, how do you help a customer and give them what they need without... Yeah. Well, and I think it's like any kind of caring job like if you're a nurse or a doctor or anything like a teacher where you're dealing with other people and you're encountering like these personal parts of their lives Uh then there's a certain trust you have to like you said you have to promote self-care yeah which is kind of a buzzword right now (laughs) (laughs) but i do actually think it's like a legitimate buzzword oh yeah the self-care thing is super important i also have a little bit of like a different experience because I work with children yeah, and families like all that stuff we were talking about before is there in the children's program but it's not yeah. like there's almost like an innocence yeah and like working with kids 
because they just tell you things and they just ask for what they need and yeah and you're like shaping them though by how you respond to those things because if they ask you for something and you give them a funny look or shy away from it then that sends them the message that what they're asking for isn't appropriate or shouldn't be talked about doing that in such a way that is you know without judgment and all that stuff yeah then you can teaching them by your actions that it's okay yeah, exactly. And especially with like young, young parents that come in and it's interesting to have to, to interact with them and they're like just figuring out parenting and like having a child and they like don't really know what books for their kids are good and stuff like that. So being able to like influence, influence is not the right word, but like say, hey, here's my experience with children's literature and children's Share books. information. Yeah. And just be like, I'm seeing like the, the thankfulness and the joy, like yeah. that I could point them to a book series that they're like six year old who doesn't like to read actually likes to read. Yeah. I do a lot of work in local history. Sometimes when people ask for local history reference questions, we're getting into deep stuff about people's families, especially mm-hmm. if they're doing genealogy. Oh yeah. Like some of the stories are crazy about people's families. I mean, everyone's family has a crazy story. That's part of life. Mm-hmm. You're really, you, it's amazing how like much you can learn about these people that are like strangers, but they're looking to you to for help. And I mean, those are. It's not like every day, all day we're dealing no, with no, these, no. like and helping people with like their deep dark issues. But it's like you know, one person comes along and says, "Where's the bathroom?" And the next person comes along and says. So I have cancer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you'll have, you might not deal with that for like a week and then all of a sudden you have something. Oh, yeah. Like for me, oftentimes it's like, where's the diary of the wimpy kid books? Yeah. And like, yeah. I want the Robert Munch books. That's or a lot like, more like. Where's the book that just won the Giller Prize? Yeah. That's on the shelf, right? And you're like, no. No. <laughs> There's 50 people out of you waiting for that yeah. one. But it's the, it's the total combination which makes the job so interesting. Yeah. Is you get the super light, fun stuff and then you get the stuff that's like, I'm actually making a difference in someone's life, which yes. I think is why it's so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that's how we ended up in libraries yes. and why we why we stuck around. <laughs> yeah. We've had totally different experiences, mm-hmm. but I think it all gets to that root of like, people just want to be seen. Yes. And, and want to be heard. And want to be heard and want to be understood. If I can offer a little bit of that as part of my job, then that makes me feel super fulfilled oh, and, yeah. and part of my career. For sure. And for me, it's like if I can find that perfect book for that child or I can um, help that mom find that the book to help her kid not be a picky eater or learn not to hit their siblings. <laughs> like for me, that's like really rewarding. To, and then they can come back and they they remember. Yeah. Like I, we have an, a group of young guys that come in after school, <laughs> the kids, yeah. um, and they use their computers and I've gotten like to know quite a few of them really well because they see us every day we see them every day we know their names we know their stories and (laughs) it is very rewarding when you like have enough of a relationship with them that they like they say hi to you when they come into the library um i have one of the boys i helped he talks to me whenever he comes in and he told me that i'm the best librarian because (laughs) i extend his computer time and you were just like spoiler alert i'm not even a librarian (laughs) i know right (laughs) it's kind of like Librarian is like the catch-all term for everyone who works oh, yeah. in library. And even sometimes I use it collo- colloquially. Like, I'll just say, oh, librarian talk or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would never correct a child that calls me a Actually, librarian. I'm a library assistant. 
I think that really sums up how we feel about libraries and why we think it's so important yes. that cities fund it and that people get behind it and the people use their libraries. And I think that kind of gets to the core, too, of why we wanted to start this podcast is to talk about some of these things and help people understand how great of a community resource this is. Oh, yes. The library is not just about books. It's about so much more. I will... I, I'd rather say books and more. Yes, books and more. <laughs> I don't like to say not just about books because it diminishes the value of the book. We hope to get into some of these issues that surround library culture as we continue the seasons. Whether you don't even have a library card yet or whether you have like four or five in your yes. wallet and you use all of them. We hope you enjoy listening and that you can become part of the conversation too. This concludes the first episode of Library Life. Hope the good books are long and the bad books are short. Until next time.